0: You've thought about joining a book club, but there's one problem. You're too busy. Or buying books aren't in your budget. Or some books aren't in the format that you can access. Or you lose interest before you can finish. Or maybe you have no interest in reading the book. Whatever the reason, there is a book club for that. Here at Book Interrupted, reading the book is not a prerequisite for joining the conversation. It's about connecting and celebrating life's interruptions. Join the community by following us on Facebook or contact us through our website at www.bookinterrupted.com fans. We'd love to hear from you. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted.
1: Just to make this podcast, we probably need hundreds of people just to do this.
2: We'll come up with like a good prize, but also we'll the send them my like
3: glitter copy. <laughs> <laughs> my son got to the point where he's like, can I have this? And you'd be like, yep. And he'd be like, And he would just sit there. And yeah like, yeah so go get it
4: yeah it sounds like a threat right but I wouldn't say that but like because we all want to be part of a group
0: demand of
5: yeah. me to become more comfortable
0: with trust always sharing what they have with the You're people like it's not around yours. them
3: that's
5: mm. nice my body has-
0: Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. Hi, I'm Sarah. I started Book Interrupted and asked the closest people to me to be part of it.
3: First, I asked my sister. Hi, I'm Meredith, the sister.
0: My first friend.
3: Hi, I'm Kim, the first friend.
0: My old roommate. Hi, I'm Lindsay, the old roommate. My high school friend.
5: Hi, I'm Kara the high school friend,
0: my good friend, and Kara's
2: sister. That's me. Hi, I'm Leah, Sarah's friend, Kara's sister, and the final member of Book Interrupted.
0: If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from August 1st to September 5th. It's Leah's book pick, and we're reading Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. Sapiens explores how human history has shaped our societies, the plants and animals around us, and even our personalities.
1: First published in 2014, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by Yuval Noah Harari has sold 16 million copies and has been translated into 60 languages. It is a New York Times bestseller and held position number one to three on the Sunday Times bestseller list for 96 consecutive weeks. The Guardian has credited Sapiens with revolutionizing the non-fiction market and popularizing brainy books. In 2020, Harari, along with comics artists David Vandermeulen and Daniel Casanave, created the first volume of Sapien's A Graphic History, a graphic novel adaptation
0: of the original. All right, so it's personal journal time. Let's see what the members of Book Interrupted thought outside the group. Hello again from the Tattoo Forest.
2: Ah, uh, so I wanted to talk to you today about the book Sapien's by Yuval Noah Harari. So this is my book choice. I'm really excited about it. Clearly, I picked this book before I knew what I was getting into with this book club. I had, like at that point when we were picking books, I didn't really know the turnaround time on reading a book. I am a slow reader. I picked this book because I was in the middle of reading it. I'm on page 87. When we chose books... And so I put it away for today to start reading it later for this book club. And I chose this book for a lot of reasons and has a lot of buzz around it. Lots of people were talking about this book and how great it is. I heard a couple podcasts, namely, I think it was Joe Rogan and he had Yuval on and it sounded fascinating. And from what I read, it is fascinating. There's no way I will be able to finish this before... In the amount of time we have to read it. So that's going to suck. But that's life. I'm really, really excited about it. I also, just because I know he, I know the sound of his voice. Um, I think I'll probably get it in a book on tape, like audio format as well. Because he's got a
5: beautiful
2: voice, beautiful accent. And that's always nice when you can listen and read for just like practical life. I'd love that. I really hope he narrates his own books. So I guess we'll find out. And um, I'm just like looking forward to it. It's a good read. Just so interesting. Just so many little tidbits. I don't really have much else to say about it. I'm just excited. And I'm, I guess, a little bit excited, a little bit apprehensive about it being my book choice and hopefully other people enjoy the book. But I don't, I guess it shouldn't really matter. It's not really like I wrote the dang thing. Yeah, I'm just uh, happy to get to my book choice and feel a little bit guilty about subjecting everyone to how many pages? How many? I think 400 plus pages. Yeah, that should be, that should be really doable. I know some girlies in the group will definitely read it all because I think this because of just like their personality type. I feel like Mare will because I have, I think she's like a crazy, crazy fast reader. I don't know if Sarah's a crazy fast reader, but she's like a, she would feel like bad if she didn't finish a book. So this should be really just a great torture for the girl. <laughs> keeping her up all night. Like, because she doesn't need sleep. She only has three children. So I feel like they're definitely going to finish. I feel like my sister will not finish. In fact, I, I think she would like skim. <laughs> I don't feel like this will be her love book. And... KJ and Lindsay probably won't finish, but I think they'll both enjoy it. Those are my predictions. I think my sister won't not like the book. I just think she'll, I don't think it's her type of book. Mm, That's all I got to say about that. And enjoy Sapiens, everybody. I hope you like it. This is my first personal journal
4: for the book. Sapiens. This is the book I've been most excited to read for the Book Interrupted podcast. I'm really happy that Leah chose it. I like to read a lot of science books, as I've said before. Typically, I read about things like uh, genetics and biology. I've read a little bit of evolution as well, but nothing specific about human evolution or our cultural evolution, I suppose. So I'm looking really forward to this. It's pretty thick, which everybody's a little worried about. When I get into a good science book, I have a trouble putting it down. So I think that might not be a huge problem with this, although I think it's going to make me think about a lot of things. I think it's pretty common in our society for people to talk about certain human behaviors in reference to evolution. And certainly when I know I'm i thinking about a certain human behavior, I think about where does this fit in with evolution? So I'm pretty ignorant on that, on human evolution specifically. So I'm looking forward to, to finding out a little bit more and maybe be able to make those comments not out of a place of ignorance, but with a little bit more insight. The book does seem to be uh, referenced in the back, which is always a good sign and got really great reviews. So I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know what else there is to say. I appreciate that there's an index in the back because I can go back to certain ideas and read over them again. I think this is gonna be one of those books that I'll want to read it again after I let all those ideas kind of percolate a little bit. And it does talk about not just the past, but the future of the human race, which is, I think it's front of mind for a lot of people, particularly in light of the climate crisis that we're going through right now. That's all I have to say. Looking forward to it.
0: Oh my God. So this is my personal journal for Sapiens, starting the Sapiens. I just started it yesterday night, like evening. I'm already like, I can't put it down. I'm 63 pages in. I'm like, I can't, it's so good. Like I was nervous because it's so big and kind of all of us have been talking about like how it's such a long book, like we hope we get through it, blah blah blah. But I literally can't put it down. It the way he writes too, like I thought maybe the information would be dry and you're just trying to get through it. I don't know. He's just this author is just brilliant. Like the way he pieces it all together, even. It just keeps you wanting to learn more. I'm so excited about this book. I don't really know a lot about the history of man. And I'm finding it so fascinating already. I can't wait to get into more of what happens when we become conscious and whatever. I was also interested that like, there was, I think he said there was six, four, six. It, at one point he said four. And I think another point he named, I think six different types of humans, which I also think is super fascinating and how It would be interesting to see if we, like, took the mother out, the others out. I like that they said they found some DNA, but they still think it's a combination of basically taking them out. And it's interesting how our imaginations, what made us evolve past just being part of nature, right? Because really, we're not. We, like, separated ourselves from nature, basically, because of our imagination is what I'm getting out of it. Yeah, we can create fiction, which other humans couldn't and other animals don't. Like, it's just whatever they see, not like their senses, right? But we use our mind to imagine what we can't see. And, and I like how he puts it towards like, not just everything, not just like religion and beliefs, but also like money constructs and corporations. Like that also was amazing. I never even thought about corporations that way. It's so good. I can't wait to read more. I'm excited what I have to say in the next personal journal. And I wonder if everyone else is like going through it really quick too. Anyway, great book.
5: All right. Personal journal number one for the book Sapiens. This would normally be the time uh, that I, well, at least historically, would be holding up the book and showing it off. However, I can't find the book anywhere In this house, my husband got it over two years ago. He totally loved the book. He read it, I think, in less than five days, which is annoyingly normal for Bob because he is such a good reader and he's so fast too. He just like he just eats it all up. And then I, of course, looked at the size of the book and I was like, "Whoa, I'm going to need to set aside a whole year to get through that one." Like world's slowest reader. But anyways. So I am very excited to start this book. I've been waiting for two years for the right time uh, to indulge in it. And uh, the time is now and yet the he- like it is not in the house. I have no idea where it is. I've been looking everywhere. I'm pretty sure that the moment I drop the search, I'm going to end up finding the book. But until then, uh, you know what, I just I was saying to Sarah that I feel kind of like I don't know. Is it too frivolous, like with it being COVID, and we're trying to pay more attention to how we're spending, just because we're not bringing in as much uh, as we used to? I've been buying a lot of things online through Amazon, <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know if I can proceed with the uh, with the purchase of an audio book, but you know what? I'm just going to do it because I've been looking forward to reading *Sapiens* for so long. I cannot find the actual tangible copy in our home, and I think really. The only way I'm going to get through such a large book in six weeks is doing it the good old-fashioned audiobook style. So probably after I sign off this personal journal, I will be making the purchase, and I absolutely can't wait. Uh, It's just such a fascinating topic, uh, looking at humans, the human condition, and how we evolved and we got to our modern world. So I can't wait to jump right in and uh, then share along with you on the journey. All right, take care, my friends.
1: Hello. So this is my first personal journal for sapiens. And uh, I'm looking forward to reading this book. I actually don't know a lot about it, which is I think the first book, maybe close to the first book that we've started to read that I don't know much about. And I actually am interested in that I do know that people have enjoyed it. I have had friends recommend it to me. I know that it is about the history of humankind and that it's an enjoyable, easy read. And that's about it. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. See you when I'm reading it
3: and let you know what I think. Bye. Here it is, the book. This is how far in I am. But this is, like, how far in I was. And for all those listeners who can't see me, I'm about a third of the way in. That's how far I was in a year ago when I stopped reading it. So now I don't know what I'm going to do. I really like the info. I think it's really cool. I have a hard time with history. It's always been a subject that I was never really interested in. And I think it's, I actually ended up chalking it up to delivery because it's not actually history that's boring, but apparently it was either my attention span or the teachers who were giving me the info that I had the issue with. I worked with somebody in my early career after graduating college and he taught, like we worked in a classroom together. He taught our class history and that was great. So he was passionate, he had he was very knowledgeable and he had a great way of conveying the information, almost storyteller like. So I don't know, maybe history in grade school for me was like too many timelines you know, and a lot of whatever. Anyways, I realized when I met that gentleman who taught our class history, and I learned a lot of history through him at that time, that um, I don't actually not like history. It's just the way that it's delivered to me that matters. And so that brings us back to this book. It delivers history from a unique perspective and with a great storytellers kind of vibe. So it is interesting, even for people who think that they might not like history. I'm looking forward to getting back into it, actually. So that is all I'm going to say right now. I might take it to the beach with me and get some chapters in. thing that's hard for me is the terminology, you know, homo sapien, homo erectus, and I don't know, sometimes I get lost in those kind of things. But the grand scheme of things, like the lessons or how, you know, we our ability to cooperate is what is what kind of favored us in evolution. Those things I remember. So... We'll see how it goes. Third of the way through, I will uh, report back when I'm further. If, <laughs> I'll report back either way, but hopefully I'll be further when I do. Happy reading, y'all.
0: This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and in Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com.
5: Book
4: Interrupted. My interruption is like the opposite of an interruption. So I have this new computer. And now when I hook up my podcasting equipment, it just works so much better. The microphone is picking up less background noise and picking up more of my voice. So I don't have to try to make it as close to my face as possible. And the camera is so much better. It doesn't automatically adjust on its own if I don't want it to. So, I mean, all of this is just so fantastic.
5: Book interrupted.
0: Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion.
2: My book choice is Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by
5: Yuval Noah Harari. I can't find my copy anywhere, which again, I Pretty think big. is a problem. Yeah, giving me the uh, signal to just get the audiobook. Have you read it already, Kara? Only little bits. Over a year ago, when Bob was reading it in like oh yeah, five yeah. days, and I was like, "Screw you! Who reads a book?" Besides? God, you know what? I days. might have,
2: I might have Bob's because did Bob give it to mom?
5: Oh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. You just Anyways. found it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs>
2: there it is. You, you found, found your book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I chose this book because when Sarah asked me to join the book club, I would, had just started reading it, and I didn't know what I was signing up for. <laughs> <laughs> And how fast I would need to read a book. And there is no, well, I shouldn't say there's no possibility, but the possibility that I'm going to finish this in the book cycle of how many weeks? Six. Yeah, six. Yeah. Uh, is unlikely, but I'm going to try because I feel like if I don't even try and I chose the book, that's just not fair. So I'm going to try and I'm going to get it on audiobook too because I know just from hearing interviews with him, that he has this beautiful Israeli accent. I believe it's Israeli accent. So it's going to just, if he's narrating it, which I assume he would, it's going to sound like butter in your ears. And that'll help me take in some of the information because I've been falling asleep like a dead person every night. Like literally people it takes me sleep. no time to fall asleep. I can read maybe 12 words before I fall asleep. <laughs> so is this because of the book? Uh, or Cause you're just very tired. <laughs>
5: I'm exhausted. so tired.
2: I okay. think also I'm dealing with, I've never dealt with seasonal allergies before. And with my move into grass cutters, hell, people are really interested in maintaining their lawns here. And I've just been taking Claritin, which is an awful feeling for me all day. I feel like, up, and then really down. (laughs) And then I like to occasionally mix a bottle of wine in it. (laughs) So, (laughs) turns out, makes for, like, maybe not successful days, but excellent sleeps. So, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah, so, good luck to y'all reading this book. I feel sorry for you, for doing this to you. It's but I think you'll enjoy an awesome the read book from what I've read so far. I just started you know, I reading it seen... last
4: night and I, well, I'm gonna have the opposite problem. Like I had to, I Dan's like, we should go to bed. And I was like, Yeah, and I'll just finish this section. I'm gonna have trouble good. putting I'm having trouble putting it down. And I just started it.
3: Mm-hmm. So um, interesting. He's it's, so funny. It?
4: He's yeah. such a good writer and storyteller. And he's just so funny. Like I just like I'm laughing out loud already. Oh good. Maybe I'm just a huge nerd. <laughs> No, you know, I was it's just saying, so I, stimulating. So
0: good. I just started it last night as well, and I couldn't have put it down. Um, the first thing I did when I woke up was pick it up and start reading again. Like, oh, nice. Yeah, it's I can't. So it's cheeky. so good. I don't know what. Like, you <laughs> what I mean? Like, I thought it was going to be really dry and just about the history, history of mankind, but he writes really well. It's like a story of the history. Yeah, he relates like it to a, today. Yeah, like a like yeah, he like writes that. like a
2: non nonfiction with a lot of facts. It's almost feels yeah, yeah like a s- story. It's yeah. like Malcolm yeah.
3: Gladwell-esque,
2: I feel like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Call. Yeah. that's a yeah. good way. Yeah. But- oh my gosh. If any of you have are looking for a podcast, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History is like Ugh. the only way I want to learn about history. I like his voice. Yeah, I like lots about him. So that's all I gotta say about that. It's a beefy one. Now, I was She's intimidated deep. by the She's size
4: deep. until I started reading it. Like it's, it is Good. definitely long, but I don't know. I think I'm just be like, maybe, you know, sometimes I don't like, it's hard for me to do things and ignore my kids because they hate that. But you know, they like go on a walk and read my book while they're biking or something. You
1: walk while reading? How about
0: you when you're reading?
1: Do you walk and read. Yeah. What
0: are you talking about? Oh, I walk and read too. I'm totally a walk reader.
4: My whole yeah. life I've spent, as long as I've been able to read, I have walked. If I have to walk somewhere... especially when I was a kid and teenager and in my 20s well before kids I would just walk and read yeah I'm very good at like paying attention and kind of listening to what's happening (laughs) and keeping my periphery like open so I can see people or things or whatever it's just that you, you can get used to it like
1: I don't even like to check a text like I'll stop and read the text and then continue walking I have to stop yeah I have to physically stop
2: to read the text Otherwise, it's like my brain can't do it.
1: Like, if I'm crossing an intersection, I'll
2: stop
4: reading. And I'm very... Yeah, me too. I mean, I got hit by a car once, like, on a bike. So I'm very... When I cross a road, I only cross at... No, I wasn't reading. I was was (laughs) 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 driving.
0: She She wouldn't have been hit if she was reading. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Right. I did the same thing as Leah. I got from, like, Libby, that, like, app for libraries, for audiobooks. I got Sapiens Thinking, before I read it, like, shoot, I didn't start reading this one early and I had planned on it. And like, I, I now I have the audiobook thinking I'm not going to get through it. But then I started it last night. and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get through this in six weeks. I'm sure. Maybe.
1: I haven't started. Well, I'm in the middle of reading another book. So, but I also just feel daunted. Like I would never buy a yeah. book thick. I feel really bad, but I, I like I to put it in my bag carry it places and i feel like this thick i'm like nope i don't want to read it that's
2: <laughs> true i like I a tiny will. book Traitor, well i think we should give you permission to just cut that fucker in half
0: yeah if people, people do goes, that do it. and just carry half
3: do of it. people do can- yeah do why not? That? there's a
0: whole thing on um that see really? social media i had there's like this debate about because there are people like there's a whole slew of people who are huge readers and commuters and what they do with big books is they cut them in half and they re- they carry half, I like
5: half of it. the book and carry so, my book. I don't to know if not- I can do that.
0: Because, okay, this reminds
2: me of when I serve my child a big meal and I know she can put it back. But it's like if I put the whole burger in front of her, she almost is intimidating to start. But if I cut the burger in half, she'll probably eat the whole fucking thing. <laughs> so whoever feels intimidated by the size, our BI challenge is to cut it in half. I don't know. Just because it'll be so
3: naughty. And if you want to, you can do it naked. I would never. Just carry a big book around with you. Just carry the big book. (laughs) I have trouble, like, even,
4: like, putting, writing my name in a book or anything yes. so I'm like what if I want yeah, to me I, too. Know, I'm let's let's my mom do it. what if let's I want to sell money. it one day <laughs> <laughs> like sell
3: it you could sell it for more you could be like all these insights are in here like this retails for 20 bucks but I'm selling it for 30 and that's a discount
0: even nonviolent communication like when you had to do the quizzes I was like I will only use pencil and I'll do it very lightly because just to, like didn't want to write in the book or
3: even or even like tagging I love writing in all my books. I'm never giving my books away. I'm keeping them forever. I just need more bookshelves. That's my only concern.
5: What's it called? Dog earring? Dog
3: earring? I don't even do
5: that. Oh, I, I use love a it. I've done it, oh. but I always feel bad. Well, I'm sorry. Me about- too. <laughs> I really like the
4: idea of cutting it, though. Like, if it if it gets you bringing your book with you and fits into your bag, and it's very practical.
1: If you're cutting it, then you're going to have to put something on the one side so that the papers don't get ripped.
2: Well, let's make our own book covers. We could do some crafts. Oh. <laughs> I'm not cutting the book. I'm not involved in this.
3: I'm against this.
2: Well, you don't have to do it. It's just if you want to do it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. I really don't think I could do it. I don't know. i could have to think about it. Cutting the book. And then you have to craft your own book cover thingy. Dust cover. Leah.
5: Just because that's Leah. fun. Leah. But yes. also,
1: isn't that Kara's book you have? So won't you be cutting Kara's book in half? It's Bob's book. Or Bob's book? <laughs> yeah. Bob's book
3: you can send it back to him in pieces, like ransom. Oh my God. I'll make a glittery. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'll make a glitter one. Bob hates glitter more than he hates anything. He glitter.
5: He hates glitter. He hates sparkle and glitter.
2: We'll make one of the
1: one of the hat
5: contests.
1: The glitter copy of Sapiens. And there's one name in the hat. you know? <laughs> They're Like, who ba?
5: And the winner is <laughs> At
2: Christmas, Mare one year introduced when we played that game. What's the game called? Where you go around and you
3: trade the Secret gifts? Santa?
2: Remember the diorama. <laughs> the was diorama sluggly. was so
4: hilarious. Oh, it was so just good. like animals, like mice or something? Like in a it living is? room. It was ugly. But it's it was not like just Secret Santa. It's like it was, you trade gifts,
0: where you yeah. steal people's gifts. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. called something, but you trade. Like you open a gift, and you can keep it, or well, like pass and then the somebody can steal it, or, or oh yeah, whatever that one's called. Yeah, that's what it was. And so this one was hidden within the thing, and it was like a framed scene, and inside the scene were like mice at a kitchen table or something. It was brown. brown and it was, was kind of creepy in the it decor. Was very creepy. And then what the thing was, was you end up with this thing. You had to hang it in your house somewhere, and display it I love that for the year. that's my favorite and kind then, of game and then we bring it back every year and then somehow I don't know where it went You're I'm thinking th- it ended up with Matt your brother no oh, somebody somebody it?
4: decided yeah. to keep it they're like I'm not giving this
2: back oh then maybe it's Matt, I Matt remember that would be a Matt move I displayed it yeah you
3: displayed work. it and
2: showed us yeah like it it perfectly goes along with all the weird art in my in my place of work so oh. I was like yeah
3: Can we please do that at Christmas ourselves? Like do a secret Santa, but like one gift is the, the, this gift, right? Like not the thoughtful, like it will be thoughtful, but like thoughtful for reasons of what is the worst piece of art? I have
5: a contributing item. One of Bob's family members who will remain nameless. (laughs) They know who they are. Like something from, I think it was the sixties or seventies. And it's a, a lamp but it's, it's a carved panther. (laughs) I love it. There's velvet and corduroy and those muted greens and yellows and browns. And it's like the panther and it turns into like like this light.
4: I think I might actually like like that. You have to send a
1: picture. I might actually want that from my house. I want it. Yes, if that goes fair. on the podcast, please put a photo on Facebook. Absolutely, and send it to our Instagram. I think we should have like all like, of yeah.
3: our fans send us all of their things that classify yes. as those. All you know, their velvet paintings, all those things. velvet panthers. Hot, yeah. yeah. That's what we should Creepy call our fans pictures of the, wall. the Velvet Panthers.
5: <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> would be so fun, though, panthers. to get contributions from fans of show us like yeah. the items that you just wish didn't exist or you in love. Your life. Depending yeah or, or you love you fall on yeah
1: anyways back to the book <laughs> um, yeah. no that we might talk about now. <laughs> um, I did watch a TED talk with uh, even though I didn't oh. read the book but with uh, yeah Yuval Harari and I found it really interesting That um, he was talking about how cooperation, like how humans are different from other animals. And he's Mm -hmm. talking about how cooperation is the reason that makes us different and flexibility in large numbers and how we Mm -hmm. should think about the human race as, instead of thinking about yourself as special and important and different to each person, that we need to think about the whole human race. This is just another thing like white fragility about how No, you're actually not special. I mean, you are special, but let's try to think about things in a bigger context, even though we live in a world in which it's a me culture and I'm important and it's all about me. You know, maybe if we thought about things in a bigger context, in a societal context, we could learn more or adapt more. I don't know what you guys Mm -hmm. think. That, that That popped in. When you
2: said that, it made me think about like how we raise our children, which I, the other day I was talking about, it must be such a shock for children that firstborns when the second one comes and it's like all of a sudden, because we raise our children generally speaking in this, like everything you do slow clap, Bravo. Like <laughs> so when you have the second born come and it's like ripped out of you, your individuality and specialness, it's kind of a good thing almost. And having, an only child and only planning to have. I mean, it would take some, some reverse surgeries to have a child with my husband at this point. So, <laughs> like, you want your kid to feel special and successful. But also, like my kid, she thinks she's pretty fucking special. <laughs> like, somebody <laughs> needs to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you don't want to raise, well, assholes. You want to think of the community. Sarah, you talk about this often in talking about societally. In Senghis culture, it might be more you're successful than you have to pass along the success. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of mindset is really tricky in maybe the Western culture of, how, of individualism. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think
3: it is. It's in tricks, anyone. You just have to cultivate <laughs> it like consciously and, and yeah. model it, right? You know, yeah. if, you, if it's something that's important to you, you know, your kids are learning like 99% of their stuff from watching. They're maybe picking up and listening to, you know, a portion of what you tell them, right? It's just, yeah, if that's what you want. Like, I take opportunities to, because sometimes, like, people be like, ooh, look at your muscles, right? And I'm like, that's great, but also, like, show me your kind heart, you know? Show me your inclusivity, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I try to put value on the other things too. Value to, to on taking friend. care of each other, yeah. right? Yeah. Sometimes it starts it, in the household too, right? Like, okay, you can do this chore now because we don't just exist to serve you and bring you your milk or whatever. Like my son got to the point where he's like, can I have this? And you'd be like, yep. And, he'd be like, and he would just sit there. And yeah. Like, yeah. so go get it like you can have it permission granted and now go get it like and that was a bit of a transition because he's an only child and he's got multiple adults doting on him and so mm-hmm. it starts with your little community of your house and then I guess you go out into the bigger community and you show up there in the ways you want to
0: I think it could be subtle though too like when I think about here like what Leo was saying when I think about here and they're like there's there's some really a very subtle thing that people do here about sharing, right? So let's say Aita has, I don't know, a bag of peanuts or something, right? If we're at a family gathering or a plate like a family's house and people are lots of different adults are there, every single adult will go to her, give me one. And they don't really want a peanut. They expect oh. her to give him them a peanut. They take the one peanut and they go. Everybody does it. Everyone asks her to share. And it's like a cultural norm since they're little little to give one so that way as they grow up they automatically like have a mentality of always sharing what they have with the You're people like it's not around yours. them that's mm. nice yeah mm, and they don't not it's not like that. the adults want it and i had to get used to that cuz or i'd be like oh <clears> I'm okay i don't want one but it's like, and, and then they're an offended. Odd... They're like, but I'm sharing with you to show you. Just like,
4: take care. the one yeah, thing, and to eat it, it and you. be done, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, I'm allergic to peanuts, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's just those little subtle so things done from like, over and over, over and over from like a young, young age that like reinforces things. So, I think also, like, it's just like what Kim was saying, though, in your own household, if you do these tiny little things repetitively, It
5: creates like a habit. Do you think it's, is the process identifying collectively what the values are and then reverse engineering and saying, okay, so what do those values look like when they're played out behaviorally?
3: You do have to do that if your value is is collectivism in an individualistic culture, right? Because the culture is heavily influencing everybody Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah if you're in that society, then you would have to be like, okay, I want them to learn this. And I know that's not mm-hmm. something that's inherently kind of subtly taught in our culture, or mm-hmm. you move to Senegal. You know? <laughs> right? yeah.
5: Like, yeah, I was just trying Senegal. to think, like, what would be the mechanisms that it would allow us be both special and not special, and that to not create a status battle royale that indeed our specialness and not specialness is purposeful in that it contributes towards taking care of the whole i don't know well that's the tricky
2: part it's like take kids out of it like who cares about kids fuck those guys (laughs) (laughs) they're on their
5: own but they think they're so Um, special like how do you do that
2: for yourself like who here doesn't feel special like i feel like i'm a special person yeah no i feel special yeah yeah i'm special yeah everyone feels like generally good about themselves and that they have lot to offer right like so how do you hold those two thoughts mm-hmm. we are in a really
3: individualist culture i wonder how much of that is how we were raised in this culture well something that's interesting that i learned from studying like just indigenous studies is mm-hmm. rather than viewing it as rights right because that goes individualistic and that's like you're like that's kind of a way of being special right i have the right to this i have the right to that you can view it as i have responsibilities. Right, so I have responsibilities mm. to show up this way. I have responsibilities to take care of the bigger or the the crew or whatever. Right, so I think that's a way to be special because I feel special if I'm doing my responsibilities appropriately. But if you understand that your responsibilities exist outside of yourself, it's not just entitlement. It's it's what you are obligated almost to give. I think if there's a, a opportunity there to frame it in a way that could be tangible.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, I always I say to the too. kids
0: even. We're family. Like whenever I get like a pushback on contributing to doing chores or whatever, I'm like, no, we all work together. We're a family, right? We all are in this together. So like I, I kind of reinforce, like they're special, but they're an important part. Of this unit, like we're a family, you're an individual who have responsibilities within this. Um, so I kind of do the same thing
4: where it's like I talk about the family, but I say, because they notice differences between the expectations of different kids in their families. And I say, in this family, we do this, and in this family, everyone's expected to contribute and you know, make it like this is the group you belong to, and this is how you will belong. If you want to belong, this is how our family is, so you're expected. Your responsibilities are to do these following things. And that makes me like so a,
2: nervous when you said it that. It made me so nervous. Why? There. Like uh, the, the, I know that's not your, this yeah. is not your intention, but the way you phrase that, if you want to be a part of this. Oh, I don't say that this to them is if you want to be, but that's like, what you because say in the back of your head. My head went to like, maybe oh. they won't, won't want to do it that way. And I felt like, oh yeah, it sounds like a threat. Right. But I wouldn't say that, but like, because we
4: all want to be part of a group, when you say things like in this family, we give back and we, we are good neighbors and we yeah. take care of our neighborhood. That's what we do in this family and in the back of their head, because all humans want to be accepted and be part of a group and we're social. Then part of them will be like, oh, so you're giving them guidelines on how to fit in and Mm -hmm. everybody wants to fit in. So if you say like in this, I
5: wonder if for your kids is that, does that act as like a juxtaposition to their overriding need to be autonomous?
4: Yes, because if you tell Mm -hmm. them you have to do this, that is not motivating. They'll just Mm -mm. push back. But if you say in this family, we are good neighbors. Mm -hmm. And and so when they ask me why I'm doing something, I've said, we're going to do this so that we can be good neighbors. And then they remembered that I said before that in this family, we're good neighbors and like, not just neighbors to our neighborhood, but good neighbors to other people in the community that we come to. So he's like, why would you do that? They want to know why everything. And they're like, I'm always I'm constantly having to find reasons and then really dig down. Why am I doing this? Cause giving back to the community is important. That's something we value. Here are our values. So it's kind of like laying out like the family values. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I wonder if that rubbed you a little tingly too, Kara.
5: Yeah, it, it was. I a, think is momentary... a radical
2: acceptance of whatever you want to do; you do it your way.
5: Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was nothing personal against Meredith. Yeah, like no, you're... it's not. At all. I
2: mean,
4: it's not something yeah. I would say.
2: I wouldn't say to them if you want to
4: belong, but that's no, kind of I in know. Your mind that's why that. I'm
2: saying my yeah. spidey sense was like doing. It made me aware of. Oh, that's very different from my. Experience or something like that from mm-hmm. our family's
5: from values. Yeah, our
0: family's values is yeah. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even is. know. But also uniqueness was really valued in your family. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, we do we have, have not taking care of your unique you. Yeah. Right? And maybe. Yeah. Being, Creativity,
2: expressing you. We have a very small family, like a yeah. very small.
5: We. Family. It's just so yeah. I would say the majority sure. of our life, it was just the four of us.
1: So it's it's not as communal, maybe. I found, um, I remember Sarah telling me back to Sarah's thing, but uh, moving to Senegal and her going into one of her family members house and she felt like she had to ask if she wanted a tea or something. And I remember you telling me, and this always, always stuck with me that they're like, no, no, your family, that my tea is your tea right, Sarah? So that really? like stuff like that
0: is just like- well, Everything. Like I think yeah. what really was impactful is actually when it came to the kids, because when I first visited here, I brought there were two, two, a two-year-old and a six-month-old with my, my big kids. And people were like, oh, we'll go have a nap and relax. And I'll be like, oh no, I can handle this. And it, people just helped me with my kids and just- took my kids or if they're upset they would take them or change their diaper and just did it and I was like feeling that like guilt that's when my husband said he's like no they have as much invested in our kids as you do like they're just as much entitled to our children as you are Mm -hmm. no Yep. everyone because Mm, we're a family we're a family so mine is mine and what's yours is mine (laughs) But that's the thing, like, so I never have to worry. Like, they care just about much about my kids' success or failures. Maybe or it's a trust or whatever. Thing. I oh, know. I was just
5: going to say oh, it's God, totally, I'm trust. like, that would demand of me yeah. to become more comfortable with trust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's just
3: there. I think it kind of brings us back to the beginning of this conversation about the ability of humans to work together, beginning with Meredith's Ooh. statement about, like, belonging to the family or whatever. And the kids wanting explanations for like, why do we do this? Why do we do this? The reason we do this is because if we don't, we die. That's the bottom line. (laughs) We're completely interconnected and there is no individual and everybody, like it's interconnected, interwoven, like the whole system. So there's you as a piece of it, then there's your family, and then there's your neighborhood, then there's your community and all the way up to the global community. And there's no thing that happens independently without causing an effect to someone else. So that's kind of the the baseline that I understand for why we do anything because we are not, I don't know what the right word is, but an individual operator. There's no thing we can do that does not involve ripple effects to someone or something in a place where we all share. We don't have separate planets, right? So that's why we want to cultivate these kind of understandings, because what we do matters. So there's that special individual uniqueness, but it matters to everybody. We have a responsibility to everybody, including like our planet and the animals, you know, like all of this kind of stuff, because Sarah's kids matter to the rest of the people helping her, because if they grow up to be functioning members of the community, that's going to be better for everybody. If they grow up to be wounded or hurt in some way, that's going to be a cost to everybody. If you go back to evolution, you know, if you're raising weak sicklies, then you got a weak tribe and you know what I mean? Or whatever, right? Like we have to, because we're all actually one. So we yeah, are we're all like all a beehive. One, and then yeah. we are all actually one too. Like we're a giant living, breathing body as well mm-hmm. as single, like we're all like a cell in a giant living body.
1: Mm-hmm. Even Yuval Harari said on the um, TED talk that he was like, you know, I don't know every single person in this room. I don't know the person that set up the equipment that's filming me. I don't know the people that are watching this. I don't know the person who made the internet happen or whatever. I don't know the person that's mining the whatever to make the. So what you're saying, like in the community, we also all need each other just to make this podcast. We probably need hundreds of people just to do this, just for me to communicate with you guys. So how important everybody is as a whole, we are a community, even when we think that we're so individual. I don't
3: know. It's interesting Mm. because
4: that's how humans learn too, right? That's why language is so important is that what we know today and the reason we have computers today is not because one person made a computer. It's accumulation of knowledge over like years and years and like a whole bunch of people going together, countless people to get us to where we are today. And that's, that's kind of how... Humans work. So, any person who thinks that, like, what I have today, I accomplished all by myself is just lying to themselves because there's nothing that we do today that didn't have somebody that came before and help us do it. Like, just the fact that I'm living in a house here, right? And you didn't build um, it. I you didn't, didn't build it. I didn't learn house. how, I didn't like
0: figure out wiring and electricity and all these things, right? I would say that he touches that on in the book, right? He touches on how he said something about. The tools, I guess, were used by the homeo erectus. They were the first to use the tool, like the spade or whatever. And one guy and a couple guys in the tribe made it, and then they used that for 2 million years. (laughs) They didn't change it. And then the... The cognitive Uh, revolution. They love that term, yeah. Because of all the communication, then millions of people worked towards doing things. And that's why the human race, like homo sapiens, not the human race, humans, (laughs) humans are, there's lots of humans, homo sapiens sapiens grew to be what we are because we started using language and cooperating with other people and using our imaginations to create more different, better strategies and tools. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. Yeah, it's just
3: just an idea. Like, it's just a story that we all think sounds good, but nobody actually has
5: them. A blankie, or it was just a signifier. It was a signifier that I wanted to identify new self concept.
0: You mean like you do this recently?
1: That's it sounds know. like you're confessing a little bit. I know. worry that if I leave the burning house, I won't be okay.
0: We are not in harmony with nature. We've given power to imaginary constructs. What oh, are those?
3: Such a
5: good. What am I agreeing to? <laughs> Book interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.